you're listening to Just a Pinch Podcast with Injector Kristen. Join me and industry experts as we discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of the aesthetics, wellness, and fitness industries. Welcome back to Just a Pinch Podcast. I'm Injector Kristen here today with the absolutely beautiful Minoc Ho. Hi, everyone. So nice to be on this. Thank you for welcoming me I'm in. so happy to have you here. You're my first in-person guest and my first video guest. So this is going to be a big learning curve. So be nice, everybody. I know. <laughs> so Minoc is a PA. Where did you go to school? So I went to school at Bay Path. Bay Path. I mm-hmm. went to Springfield. So we were next oh my God, door we're neighbors. neighbors. That's so funny. And she's a board certified licensed physician assistant in the state of Connecticut and Massachusetts. Yes. Any other states in there? No. Just that for now. <laughs> hey, that's good. That's good. So she has a background in neurology and mm-hmm. medical aesthetics. She was doing both right at the same time. Mm-hmm. And how long have you been a PA for now? Almost four years. Isn't it crazy how time flies? Oh my god, it's so crazy. This past July, I hit my tenure. You look fabulous. I wanted (laughs) to throw myself on the floor. (laughs) It goes by so fast. It's like you blink and you're like, I'm an elder now. It's so crazy. I know it seems like yesterday and then like you know you go day by day and then next thing you know it's like years go by but literally it's links and it's over. It's it's wild but PA power. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Love it. So today we are going to be talking about body dysmorphia and there's a big Mm -hmm. reason why Miss Minoc is here joining me for this topic and why is that? So I definitely want to shed light on body dysmorphic disorder, BDD for short. (laughs) Um, So in our field, we do have a lot of patients who come to see us because they're unhappy with their appearance. And it could be with or without any psychological um, illnesses attached to it. And we're providers, PAs, um, but anyone else that's in this aesthetics world from plastic surgeons to like nurses, NPs, anyone else that's doing aesthetic stuff for patients, we really need to take into consideration that we're providers first and you know in this field we make our money off of our patients of course but at the same time if someone's showing us characteristics and traits that they need help medically versus aesthetically we have to do the right thing and make the appropriate referrals absolutely it's like first off do no harm exactly and there is a really in our medical aesthetics Mm -hmm. industry kind of that fine line where we tow Mm -hmm. that line every single day definitely Uh, we see a lot of patients with Mm -hmm. you know mental health conditions i mean let's be real who who doesn't have a little something going on upstairs i would say that you know mental health um, conditions are, are far more mm-hmm. normal than abnormal these days yep. um, and it, it's a piece of the puzzle sometimes of why people are seeking out help and it is mm-hmm. up to us as providers to really be able to determine what is pathological and mm-hmm. what is still appropriate yep. so there's a whole level of screening that has to go into what we Absolutely. do in aesthetics yes all right. So how do you personally like to screen people for BDD? So for BB- BDD, I actually wrote my capstone paper on it. Oh, because awesome. during my rotations, I did plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came across this one case right after an abdominoplasty, lipo, BBL, like totally painful procedure. Mm-hmm. A lot of patients, you know, when you go knock on their door and check in on them, they're like in pain. They're in regret. They're like, I'm in so much pain. How can I do this? But I walked into the room and this patient was just like, 
um so when can you bring me back into the or ah. like i'm ready to like move the stitch this way and she was like pulling it and all this stuff and it just kind of put a question mark in my head like oh my goodness like, yeah what is going on here and yeah and we were talking to the plastic surgeon that i was rotating with and he was like oh my god like i think i operate on a patient with bdd mm-hmm. and you know that kind of like left a little like fire in my head like oh my goodness like that's so crazy and it's insane because like you know when we met the patient and pre-op like she was fine you know you couldn't really tell anything but just made me realize it's so important to screen patients for this um so for me how i screen patients is i ask them more questions of like how does this make you feel right versus why like their expectations exactly their expectations um you know one of the hallmark symptoms of someone with bdd is they're very very fixated with their appearance yes so you know they're gonna be in the office with you and they're gonna be giving you these outrageous requests oh yeah tons of filler they're the ones that are like everything i see this wrinkle if i stand on my head turn to the left at the right angle with the right lighting and rubbing my head and patting my tummy you can see that line and you need to get rid of it yeah huge red flag yes yeah, huge, huge, huge red flag and you know it's funny because like most of my patients that have bdd that i've you know met like they'll be sitting in your chair and then like you know we'll have a mirror on the side and they'll be like looking at themselves they can't like, stop they just have this repetitive behavior yes. you know they're repeating like what they're unhappy with mm-hmm. they're repeating what they're dissatisfied with and more often than not they're perfect most of my patients with bdd are perfect Absolutely. you know and they're not deformed they're beautiful normal and you know they're obviously preoccupied with the thought and like this over exaggeration of their minor little flaws and you know it's just like a huge red flag because patients with bdd um you know body dysmorphic disorder is often an underdiagnosed <laughs> and undertreated substantially, um, substantially. Um, diagnosis for us and as you know pas were able to like easily identify someone with depression mm-hmm. anxiety ocd and bdd kind of sometimes go hand in hand with this as well too um, but like you said it's a fine line right it between is. like someone that's like okay i'm unhappy with my lips because it's a little asymmetrical versus yep. someone that's very preoccupied with this you can tell it's almost causing impairment in their functionality of their day-to-day and life it's an obsessive thing and yeah. i find that you can sometimes i mean unfortunately in yeah. aesthetics we've all treated that person yeah. with bdd yeah. that we didn't recognize beforehand Mm -hmm. and yeah I mean there's nothing like kicking yourself in the butt after the fact and now you're trying to figure out how you're going to manage this person and manage what you've done because Mm -hmm. once you open that can I mean they're yours yeah they're yours yours. oh and it's hard it's so so hard to manage Um, I've noticed that with with post care for people Mm -hmm. sometimes it shows up after the procedure and not even before because unfortunately some people that have BDD, mm-hmm. some, not all, some, mm-hmm. can be very um, almost, in, and this is, they're not always together, but they can be sometimes very manipulative. Oh, absolutely. And they know what to say during a mm-hmm. consultation to get you to agree to do those yep. things. And yep. they know what not to say yeah. and where to hold back. Yeah. So that those are some that, you know, yeah. despite our best no, it's true. efforts, like, you can't, yeah. but it'll show up afterwards. So yeah. sometimes you can catch it's it before that next, yes. that next encounter. Yeah. They're the person that's going to be reaching out to you on all platforms. <laughs> Every day. All hours. All 2 a.m., 3 a.m. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I have gotten the 3.30 in the morning text messages oh before. Gosh. I mean, it's insane. Mm-hmm. But there – and there's a difference between somebody being a nervous post-injection, mm-hmm. post-procedure Absolutely. patient that needs a little bit of hand-holding mm-hmm. versus somebody that's post-procedure – 
perseverating on their result. Yeah, it's almost like harassment. It is harassment. You know, I mean, I don't, I'm sure you don't say it like for patients to not want to reach out to us. Of course, Absolutely. if there's ever a time my patients need me, there's I'm levels there. To this. But there's definitely levels. And that's why it's so important to try to screen so hard. Like yes. I put it into like my pre-consultation with them, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm asking hard questions like, how does that make you feel? Yep. Do you ever camouflage it or hide it from others? Because sometimes they'll mm-hmm. be avoidant with their looks. Um, and even sometimes their appearance. Like it'll be someone that comes in with like, so much makeup that doesn't need oh, it yeah. because you know in their mind they're trying to hide it hide it hide it and a lot of them will turn to aesthetic procedures like mm-hmm. cosmetic surgery or injectables because they think it's going to fix it but it's going to worsen their symptoms which is why you see it a lot afterwards Absolutely. when they're like harassing us yeah because you know it worsens their symptoms and like the appropriate treatments referral to psych mm-hmm. um, medications such as like SSRIs yep. or TCAs which will help or you know even just therapy I Absolutely. mean all of us can use therapy but Absolutely. there are studies that show like cognitive behavioral therapy which is tailored to BDD is mm-hmm. one of the most beneficial things that will help them kind of get out of all this negative continuous feedback that they have in their heads about themselves um, but it is interesting that you bring up that you sometimes see it afterwards. You see and it after. Sometimes yes. it's more than just like, you know, a dissatisfied patient. It's someone that's writing a bad review. Mm-hmm. It's someone that's going to sue you. Oh, yeah. Threats. It's, yeah. Always the threats. Exactly. It's threats. And then, you know, you, not only the legal, like, legitations we have to worry about, but sometimes safety, too. In my capstone, I was studying it and I was, like, looking at all these articles. And there was this one article from China where three plastic surgeons got murdered by their dissatisfied patients. So wow. not only is it important for the screen because one our reputation mm-hmm. two the do no harm absolutely but three our own safety for sure you know? i mean i always think back to like i mean this ages me a little bit nip yeah. tuck the tv show <laughs> nip tuck there was that episode where you have that that mm-hmm. psychotic bdd patient that showed up yeah. and attacked the surgeon and this happens and yeah. i mean this can happen across the board but in aesthetics mm-hmm. it's usually coming more from a level of dissatisfaction and yeah. obsession and it becomes mm-hmm. obsessive behavior where they can't mm-hmm. think about anything other yep. than their appearance. And they become very, um, it's the term I'm looking for here, kind of just sickly attached mm-hmm. to their aesthetic provider or surgeon yeah. because they are relying on that provider to give them mm-hmm. what they, they need to feed this uh, this yeah. addiction. And to some degree, BDD can go hand in hand with procedural mm-hmm. addiction. Yes, People become absolutely. addicted to these and procedures. Sad, you know, just like any other type of addiction, whether yes. it's alcohol or drugs, like yep. surgery or aesthetics is definitely absolutely. an addiction they can get. And it's up to us at the forefront to hold it and like take care of these patients because they're coming for help and sometimes we realize like injectables isn't the help they need and appropriate referrals and I mean sometimes it's hard to have that conversation it is like to turn a patient away you know and I have that one patient that came in that was beautiful she was like you know like so I was like okay like what brings you in what did you want she was like well I want you to break my jaw and like realign it I want you to like cut my eye and like lift it up and I do injectables like you know (laughs) Dr. A does all the surgery parts so I was just kind of like I don't know if you think I could do that in the yeah. office, you know, and just going on and on. I had this whole list. And, you know, since I have the background in this, like it's like screaming BDD, BDD, BDD. But like, you know, for new injectors or injectors that are not really so familiar with patients that come in with this, like you can mistakenly see as like, oh, my God, this is going to be a good day because oh, I'm doing yeah. multiple syringes and that. But then, you know, it's important to kind of reel back and be like, hold on, like there's something off here. For you have sure. to trust your gut. And, you know, the patient is like crying and she's like, you know 
really, really fixated on her looks and I pulled the chair down. I'm like, listen, I'm not going to inject you today. Um, at the end of the day, I'm still a PA first. I'm a provider first. And it's awkward when you have this conversation. It it's not easy, so you know. uncomfortable. Yeah, and I was just like, you know, um, I'm sorry. Like, but this isn't what you need. Like, how can you expect me to hold a needle to your face if you're crying in my chair? Exactly. Right? There's so much going on here, and I feel like it's inside. And if mm-hmm. I'm working on the outside, it's not going to make you feel better. And, Absolutely. Like, I reassure the patient, like, this is how I make my money. If I'm telling you no, like, that's huge. I tell and people that yeah. all the time. And we don't get, hard. we don't make money mm-hmm. if we're not treating you. Yeah. So if your injector is telling you no, you've you've scheduled your appointment, mm-hmm. you've come into the, the appointment, you're in the chair, yeah. and your injector is talking to you about the procedure, and they're mm-hmm. telling you no for any reason, they're mm-hmm. telling you no, it's for a good reason, whether you have, um, you know, the level of BDD where you don't see that your lips are overfilled and mm-hmm. to you they look small, um, that you don't need any more filler in your cheeks because mm-hmm. you are at max capacity, honey, yeah. but you see them as small and you think that you need more. Mm-hmm. We'll turn you away for that reason and we'll turn you away if, if psychologically you're not where you need to be that mm-hmm. day or in yep. general. And those yeah. are really important things. So if your provider's telling you no for any reason, mm-hmm. know that it's really difficult for us to say that. Yeah. And it's uncomfortable. We're mm-hmm. not trying to make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. We're not trying to start a fight. We're not trying to be combative. Mm-hmm. It's because we have your genuine best interest in mind. Yes. Secondarily, I don't like phone calls. I don't like angry <laughs> phone calls. Nobody does. But yeah. first and foremost, it's to do no harm. And sometimes yeah. the best treatment that you can give a patient is to not treat them. Exactly. And I love how you put that because it's so true. And it makes me so happy to hear that yes, you do the same, you absolutely. know. Absolutely. Like it's patients so are very blessed to have providers like that. And I'm sure all providers want the best interest at heart. And I think sometimes people in today's world, like a lot of aesthetics is online, right? Yes. So sometimes I have patients coming in and they already have like the rundown of what I'm going to do for them. But I think sometimes they forget that. Like it's still medical. Like yes. we're still doing prescribed medications like Botox is prescribed mm-hmm. or any of the other neurotoxins. The dermal fillers are really dermal implants that we're they placing are. into people. And I think people kind of forget because it's like we get lost in the glitz and glam of it. But at the end of the day, like we're still providers and we're still medical as if you were see us in the hospital setting, you know, exactly. like we're still going to carry that same amount of education we like yes. worked so hard for to provide the best care and I think sometimes like you know social media and the glitz and glam can kind of camouflage that yes because if it was in like a setting in the hospital where we're prescribing antibiotics like no one's gonna ask for like half the dose exactly or like you know negotiate with you so I just hope that this sheds light some patience to see like you know sometimes we're not just being mean or anything and you're gonna thank us in the future when you're not looking overfilled or unnatural absolutely or if someone out there that has bdd like you know that patient that i turned away of course she was like pretty upset but she like ended up taking the referral and coming back a couple months later in a way better state of mind mm-hmm. and she was like you know i'm so glad that you sent it she's like i'm not gonna lie at first i was really annoyed and i was really upset because in my mind like i needed this fix and i need a fix right now mm-hmm. and it's not always the quick solution and now she's like a loyal client forever and she needed Love like that. one out of like the 10,000 things she, wa- she exactly. thought she needed at that yes. time. Um, <laughs> not all patients are going to be like that, of yep. course, but like, you know, it does feel good when you're like, ah, oh, I did the right thing. I found you know. personally as a provider, a red flag that I've noticed mm-hmm. in consultations is somebody comes in and they say, you know, I've been to 
six different med spas. Oh, I've been yes. to, you know, seven different providers. Mm-hmm. Nobody can make me happy, but I know you can make me yeah. happy. Yeah. I know you can yeah. d- give me what I'm looking for. Yeah. Time out. <laughs> big time that's out. That's a big red flag. Huge red flag. Mm-hmm. Absolutely huge. And yeah. that's where... And not 100% of the time, mm-hmm. not 100%. I can say that I have had patients that I had my qualms about at first. Mm-hmm. I saw red flags, but for whatever reason, I still felt comfortable moving forward with very delicate, mm-hmm. slow, conservative treatments. Yeah. And in time, they've proved themselves to be really good clients. Mm-hmm. Their expectations are not crazy. Yeah. They're happy with their outcomes. They're not perpetual complainers. Mm-hmm. So. But that's kind of far and few between. Usually if you're hearing that, it's a huge red flag that it's a body dysmorphia, Mm -hmm. perfectionism, um, Mm -hmm. narcissism type of thing where nobody can make them happy. Uh, But they want to put you on a pedestal. Getting having somebody put their provider on a pedestal. Oh yeah, they will shower you with compliments. (laughs) Um, you know, try to make you as the the provider Mm -hmm. feel like you are just this god in their eyes. And that's a huge red flag. You know, Mm -hmm. compliments are nice absolutely we all love hearing them we all mm-hmm. love to hear from our, our happy patients yeah but there's levels to it and exactly. and over indulging your provider is a big red flag that yeah. you're trying to manipulate us into yeah exactly to doing something. while putting other injectors down exactly and like in this field you know community co- not competition is so important so important and it's not about like you know anything other than supporting one another even if you don't work at the same place so if yes. i hear someone coming in and they're talking about you like my first instincts can be like oh so then you're going to go to her and talk about me. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like exactly. it's such a small world. Yes, and, it is. You know, like we, I feel like I can say with confidence that like, you know, injectors that I've met and got to know, like we all have each other's backs and we all yes. want the best for our patients. And sometimes like, you know, it could be a patient that like I turned away for BDD, gave the appropriate referral and then we'll go and sit to you and mm-hmm. like tell you all that stuff to distract you from mm-hmm. all those signs. But, you know, like not like that we don't do that no definitely <laughs> we don't do not that. and it's it really is a big red flag if you were to come in and say you know jane doe down the street did mm-hmm. my filler last time and mm-hmm. it came out so bad she's so bad at this um you know mm-hmm. she was just nasty she you know and like mm-hmm. telling people by name what mm-hmm. i respect more is if, if you did have a poor mm-hmm. experience with another provider at a different med mm-hmm. spa Honestly, I don't ask. I don't ask where you yeah. went because I don't care where exactly. you went. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you just come in and say, you know, I've been to some other places. Mm-hmm. I just haven't been satisfied for these reasons or this is what yeah. happened. I respect that. And there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. So by all means, don't hold back on yep, on absolutely. telling us your history yeah. and what injectables have worked well for you, mm-hmm. what procedures have not worked mm-hmm. well for you. But it's a matter of quite literally shit talking or not. Yeah, and we don't want the shit talking. No mean girl vibes. <laughs> no. You know, we don't do no, that. Because it's yeah. it's going to make me not want to treat you because I'm going to then fear that you're going to go to the next place mm-hmm. and be be talking poorly about me. Yeah. And so no provider wants to, to have to deal with that. No, so it, be puts nice. us a, it puts us in a really awkward situation, <laughs> you know, does. because it's like, especially if it's a first time client and they're like telling you all this stuff. And like I said, here comes social media again. Like they yes. like see our social media. So they get like to know you before mm-hmm. they even meet you, you know, and it puts me in a situation where it's like, I know I'm not going to like indulge into that and be like, oh yeah, I heard that person was bad too. Like, oh yeah, I'm way better. You know, it's about professionalism. Like you said, at the end of the day, history is important for us to know what worked, what didn't work. But like, you know, I hope patients can see why sometimes we are just like, 
Yeah, we can't go further than that. Yeah, it's yeah, like, I'm sorry about your experience. <laughs> and let's try to come up with an individual game plan for you exactly. moving forward. You can tell me what went wrong, but I don't yeah. care where you went or who you saw. That yeah. part of the pie does not matter to me. Yeah. And if for whatever reason it does matter, we'll yeah. ask. But I mean, I've, yeah. I've never I've never had to ask as to where you went. Yeah. You know, because it's never been anything that is dangerous or mm-hmm. something that I see that should probably be reported. Yeah. You know, that's that would be the only time that I would really care about who yeah. did what. Other than that. There's no reason. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, I'm so glad we had this talk about BDD. Definitely. It's definitely very important. Mental health is so important. I remember rotating in psych and, you know, the doctor I rotated with was like, sometimes I'd rather have cancer than like a mental illness because it's more accepted by society. It is. So with like this discussion, like I hope it comes across as shedding light on something that's so important and it's common Um, yeah and it's common like you know and we all have like various degrees of bdd but it's just when it's like you know certain levels where you just need help and the help isn't in injectables exactly you know it's gonna be doing you a disservice exactly but you know with that being said like i hope all patients are comfortable coming to us and expressing how they feel but i hope that they're open for like our pa mind to be like okay like this is why i think it's going on this is what I believe is the appropriate treatment for you. Even if that means that I'm turning down this service, I'm turning down money, but yes. I would rather do that because at the end of the day, I didn't get into this field for money. I wouldn't have no. been a PA, oh you know? Oh um, my gosh. You get into yeah. this field for money and just blanket treating yeah. everybody that comes into your office, you are going to be left with a pile of messes to clean up yep. and a lot of angry and unhappy patients. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, and they get more and more violent it, and it aggressive, escalates. you know? It so safety, escalates. more importantly. Absolutely reputation and like the legal stuff mm-hmm. like i'm sorry i do not want to be in a courtroom with a patient nope. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> i don't want that you no. know so and yeah. there are times that, as a provider that we may need to dismiss you as a patient mm-hmm. and that is also wildly uncomfortable for us to do mm-hmm. and that's quite literally our last resort but mm-hmm. if we feel that we genuinely cannot make you happy mm-hmm. we are concerned about the risks of treating you yeah um you know it's going to come in one of two ways the the nice easy way is when we look you in the eye and say you know what based on the expectations that you have Mm -hmm. whether this is bdd or just general expectations is you know i don't think that i can meet the expectations Mm -hmm. that you're looking for and i wouldn't feel right taking your money or if it's bdd i don't think that treatment at all right now is Mm -hmm. the appropriate thing let me give you some contact information and referrals uh so it can be as simple as that or it can be yeah. you've escalated you know we've you've slipped through the cracks and you know now we quite literally mm-hmm. have to to dismiss you as a patient and mm-hmm. call you and have that really uncomfortable conversation saying that unfortunately you're no longer welcome to to book services here mm-hmm. um, and you know it's it's, it's all out of love though. it is it's, it's all, all for the, <laughs> the better reason you know we're yeah. trying to do what's best for you mm-hmm. first and foremost and what's best for us yeah secondarily there Mm -hmm. it's so true it is uncomfortable it is i remember when i went to get my hair done and i've gone to my hair girl for years and you know i keep trying to push that blonde 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 and i have like this super (laughs) dark hair that pulls orange all the time and my last visit she was like you know like we can't add any more bleach this time and i remember feeling kind of like not even a little bit like you can't try and this and that i was like oh my god the negotiations yes i was like oh my god like some of the patients who have that yes you know like i i agreed with her i was like okay maybe next time and this and that when I left, like, I was just like, 
you know, I really appreciate her in the end because I'm not trying to have all my hair break off. Exactly. Been there, done that before. She said no to you for a reason. Exactly. And I was like, this is how the patients feel. But then at the same time, it kind of made me feel a little relieved because, you know, when I left and I thought about it more, I was just like, I'm so grateful for that. And I hope that like all patients will feel that way. Like when I say no, I mean, it's different from hair bleaching, but kind of similar concept. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it might might make you feel, you know, a little sad, disheartened, or even angry at first. And yeah. that's okay. You can feel however you need to feel. But just know that we have mm-hmm. your absolute, you know, best intentions. And we want you to have really good long-term results and long-term yeah. goals. We're looking past the immediate dopamine rush that you're going to get from your initial exactly. treatment. Yeah, for sure. All right. So to wrap up here, <laughs> we're going to have a little fun and we're going to learn a little bit more about Miss Minoc. We're going to play a little 20 questions. Okay. okay I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm going to ask you some simple questions and okay. I want you to give me just kind of the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Favorite color? Glitter. Ooh, ooh I like that. <laughs> some will debate that that's not a color, but I just love anything glittery. <laughs> What's your favorite social media trend currently? Reels. Reels. Love mm-hmm. reels. I love being able to just show people other than just perfect pictures, right? Mm-hmm. I want to show people like me being quirky or like, for example, when you put your bloopers up, like yes. I love that. <laughs> I love it, you know? And yeah, so yeah, reels right now. Perfect. <laughs> Least favorite social media trend? Um, The dances. I'm sorry. I can't dance on cue. Like if you see no. me out, that's different. <laughs> but like if I'm trying to like memorize like certain, I just can't. No, my, my cheerleading days are long gone. Were you, you a cheerleader? Not, oh my gosh, I was. Yeah, in oh high school and gosh. college. Crazy. I love it. Badass. <laughs> so what are you watching currently? Right now, I just finished Handmaid's Tale. Oh. Um, that show is definitely one of my shows I've been watching actually since PA school mm-hmm. um, and I'm waiting for the next episode to come out season two episode one still chills everywhere yeah. if you don't know go watch it mm-hmm. season two episode one mm-hmm. what is your current favorite podcast educational or entertainment you know I really don't listen to podcasts okay so you <laughs> are my I'll favorite one when I'll I saw you it. do it it definitely sparked an interest <laughs> and I commute like so much with my drive yeah. from Boston to Northampton to mm-hmm. Mystic so I'm gonna be listening to you and yes. maybe exploring more podcasts. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of her commute, you can also find Minoc in Northampton, mm-hmm. Massachusetts at Valen Med Spa with yep. Dr. Allcroft yep. or now in Mystic at Cure Med Spa. I'm so excited. Awesome. <laughs> what are you reading right now, if anything? I have not been reading. I've just been so busy with the commutes. Um, but... You know those books by Colleen Hoover that everyone's been reading? Have you read them? I fluctuate. I do. I go on kicks of reading where like I will binge read in like a day or two and then like won't read anything for months. So that's on my list. Colleen Hoover, definitely. (laughs) So, so good. Yes, I'll be reading that soon. What is your overall favorite book in general? My favorite book in general? It's going to sound really dorky, but it was that one... um, the Polar Express. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's in so elementary school, it is seasonally appropriate, oh. and just I remember like you know being in school, and it was just so magical. I just yeah. love the holidays, and that will always be one of my favorite <laughs> books. I I lo- will read any other book, but I still I feel like that just has a special place in my I heart. Love that. I love that. <laughs> the Hungry Caterpillar is mine. <laughs> oh my god, I love that one too. I love it <laughs> mostly because we can just keep eating and eating. Yeah. And eating. Mm. What is your favorite word? My favorite word. Lately, it's been my like Instagram name, mm, <laughs> the Ho. That. My last name is Ho, so it's the Ho Injector. I love that, and I I've just been fantastic. like so fixated on branding it. So I think that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Love it. <laughs> Do you have a least favorite word? Least favorite word, moist. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Moist. <just> yeah. <laughs> Favorite movie? Favorite movie. I watch more like TV shows than I do movies, mm. but you would be my favorite TV show if that oh counts. Gosh, that is so good. <laughs> yeah. That, that I binge watched when that came out. So good. What's your favorite movie? As of right, so I don't, I would need like a whole hour to like divulge <laughs> into like my all time favorite to rack through, but my very favorite right now, because I just watched it on Halloween, yeah. was uh, 1991 Wes Craven, The People Under the Stairs. Oh, like oh. I can't stop thinking. I'm gonna about have to watch it. it. It's crazy. Really? It's crazy. There's levels of crazy to this. Yeah. And for so many reasons, it's wild. People mm-hmm. under the stairs. 1991. It is everything that you wow. want out of 1991. Allegedly, <laughs> word on the street is that um, oh, who's doing the remake of it? Mm. Who did Get Out? Who was the director for Get Out? Tip of my tongue. tongue. <laughs> that guy is allegedly working on a remake of Ooh. it, but that was released in 2020, so I can only hope that means that it would be coming out soon, but we'll see. I can only hope. <laughs> Who is your favorite musical artist or group? Um, I really love my hood music. Oh, <laughs> so I love Drake. I love Kanye. I love yep. Future. Love it. All the hood stuff. I listen to it all. I love it. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. What would be your favorite food or meal? Food or meal? I'm such a foodie. I know. Depends I on it. my mood. Oh, Lately, your food Instagram is <laughs> Thanks. Lately, I've been getting a lot into, like, um, sushi. But, like, mm. moving out to Boston, they do, like, very, like, intricate artisanal yeah. sushi and sashimi. Like, diving into, like, the raw yeah. flavors. I could never do it before, but it's mm-hmm. just, like, my jam It's grown on you. Mm-hmm. Oh, how fun. Yeah. What's your favorite place to visit? My favorite place to visit, Aruba. Mm. I went for my birthday once. The people are just so nice. And it's just so safe. I and the weather's that. just consistent. Um, a flamingo bit me in my butt, though. Oh, my but- gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I would go back. <laughs> I don't love birds. I have a problem with geese. Canada Canada geese are oh not my. my gosh. Mm-hmm. I didn't know flamingos were that aggressive. Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> watch your booties. <laughs> you go to Aruba. <laughs> so this is a really loaded question. Yeah. Who's your favorite person? My favorite person. My goddaughter Mila. Oh, oh, She's seven. Her name's Camila. Really? I was like, nurse. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, oh, your personal nurse. Yeah, yes. Camila. I feel oh. like she reminds me of the small things in life that really, you know, I get so caught up in like, you know, always like being competitive with myself mm-hmm. or like worrying about the next step or where I'm going next. But when I'm with her, everything just slows down and it just I reminds you, you like, you know, life is just so beautiful and like the simplest things. Definitely. Even if it's like cheese pizza or a burger, or something like that. And she just, yeah, I just love her. Love she that. just makes me feel so good. Oh, good. <laughs> so if you could meet anybody dead or alive, who would it be? Dead or alive? Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know. Um, that is tough. Let me see. Let me think of someone. Who I would love. Kim Kardashian. Mm. I love her. <laughs> Get it, girl. Yeah, I, I love mean, her. She, what She's a such a boss, babe. Yeah. For real. I mean, if we want to talk about aesthetics, the Kardashians have mm-hmm. largely shaped the trends Absolutely. that we're seeing today in, in yeah. all areas of aesthetics and plastic surgery. So Yeah. No, it's true. We have like a back door at Dr. A's office. And when I did my rotation, there was a back door there too. And we don't use it. Mm-hmm. Like we don't use it anymore. But I remember back in the day, like 
the, the staff would tell me like oh my god it was this big deal like you know people will come into the front and leave through the back so you yeah. don't run into people and now yeah. it's like people are posting reels and videos of them getting exactly. injected you know and yeah. before and afters so i definitely think the kardashians definitely helped shape it oh so for funny. sure when you they, think about the way it was before they let you just like own it you yeah. know no judgment mm-hmm. mm. what advice would you give to your 18 year old self my 18 year old self um just keep going I feel like I've, I've always been just very hard on myself mm-hmm. my whole life and I think just now I'm taking the time to slow down and be like you know what you're not doing too shabby for yourself so mm-hmm. if I could go back to my 18 year old self I'd just be like just keep going and just enjoy the ride yeah. and the journey and that we're gonna be just fine <laughs> love that yeah who would you consider to be your role model in life role model in life um well professionally i would say nina and dr a Mm. i met nina when i was rotating actually and um she taught me a lot about aesthetics and plastics dr a is just you know since i've met him he's just been this really great role model so smart so brilliant so humble um and so encouraging so yeah definitely those two oh that's great yeah what was your favorite class either in high school or college any favorite class stick out in mind favorite class i was always really good at like english and like writing Mm. Um, math and science was not my thing. I was the one Asian girl you did not cheat off of in math class. Like nobody sat next to me. They're like, stay away from her. I don't know what happened with this one. Math but. was not my jam either. Like science, I was good with like the biological sciences. Yeah. You have me do math or physics. Yeah. No, that yeah, is my no. brother. He's the engineer. I like yeah. no, 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 no. Like I don't even think I could do like. I can do med calculation level algebra and yeah. that's where it ends. Yeah. <laughs> for Bay Path, they made us so I went to Bay Path for all six years and to apply to a PA program to like get my bio degree, we mm-hmm. needed to take up to Calc 3. Oh, ooh. It was terrible. Terrible. Yes, I cried every day. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my God. When I was in college, my, my uh, calculus professor was European and the way that they taught algebra in Europe and I don't this is just what I remember was very different than the way that we learned it here so he would keep referring back to doing these algebraic equations in this European way I this sounds ridiculous but like I could not follow the way that he would teach Mm -hmm. so I just and I was so bad at math that I just stopped going to class I bought calculus for dummies And I literally taught myself calculus at home oh and would God. just show up for tests and quizzes wow. based on the topic. And I got an A minus. A. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if I ever got an A in uh, math. <laughs> that was the only <laughs> math class I ever got an A in. Otherwise, it was like, oh, Kristen's doing great. Ooh, except for math. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yep. Nah, I don't know what happened with me, but yeah, uh, yeah uh, no. My brother just sucked up all the math and physics brains and yeah. out of my parents' gene pool. I was left <laughs> with nothing. <laughs> Chocolate or vanilla? Vanilla. Oh, I love that. I love How about that. you? Honestly, when given the choice, I love both of them. Mm-hmm. Vanilla. Yeah. Vanilla. To vanilla. me, like for ice cream, there is nothing better than a mm-hmm. soft serve vanilla cone with rainbow sprinkles. That's my favorite to go oh, order. Oh my best. god! It is just the best. <laughs> you can tell a lot about a person based off their ice cream order. Oh, absolutely. Or like if they like, my brother does this and it drives me bananas. He'll get like ice cream and then like whip it until it's like the soupy. Oh, mess. they make the soupy. Ugh. I oh, can't. My nana used to do that. I can't. Makes <laughs> yeah. No. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Vodka or tequila? Tequila. Mm, same. Mm-hmm. I used to be a vodka girl. Yeah. Now, 
tequila all day. I used to be a honey girl. Mm. <laughs> um, it's part of being Asian, I guess. Yeah. I grew up like that. My mom will literally greet you at the front door with a shot of honey and a glass of honey to chase. <laughs> and then you can come in. <laughs> I love it. Um, but we all kind of switched to tequila. Tequila is a cool thing now, yeah. I guess. Oh, love tequila. <laughs> So now that we're done with kind of the basic 20 questions, just a couple more aesthetic-based questions. What is your favorite procedure to perform? Yeah, so my favorite procedure to perform is full facial balancing, right? When someone comes in, sits in the chair, and they just kind of give me full reign Mm. on what to do. Like, you know, I just want to be more balanced. Like, I fully trust you. And that's when I can kind of sit, break the face down into the threes, upper third, mid-face, lower third and give them suggestions Mm -hmm. and you know when I get that green light just harmonizing the face that's my favorite thing to do but of course I mean I love like lips all Mm -hmm. that stuff too um some people will travel for lips of mine but I think full facial balancing is definitely where I'm like love that I get really excited now what is your favorite procedure to have performed on you Botox. Same. Botox everywhere. I get like 172 units. (laughs) Oh, the amount of Xeomin that's in my face right now, just on the upper, I've learned. So as much as I feel like I need Mm -hmm. neuromodulation in my lower face, like because like I pull, I do weird things. I'm super asymmetric. Whenever I do it on myself personally, Mm -hmm. I can't stand it. Like my DLIs are yeah. clearly not where they should be. Oh if we gosh. look at an, like any anatomy, anytime I try to get my DAOs or my mentalis, my DLIs yeah. always get affected. <sighs> so then I'm looking crooked and weird oh or like I'll smile and my lower lip will not drop and it just goes, <laughs> it goes up and like weird things happen. So oh I use an insane amount all up yonder and it's yeah. so good. And if you've been following my at injector Kristen page you saw me suffering and I do mean suffering with a capital S waiting to get my Xeomin done and had everything worn off for like two months because I was waiting for my timing to be right for my birthday and the holidays because otherwise if I did it right when I was due everything would have been wearing off but not yet able to be done right when I want to be looking good so I forced myself to sit on my hands and not get it done and I just didn't feel like myself (laughs) I you feel off. You well, do. I do a brow lift, so when my brows start mm. falling, and I swear I have like the world's biggest forehead. So like psychologically, <laughs> I, I think when too. my brows are lifted, oh, my foreheads like shrunk girl. a little bit. <laughs> um, but yes, no, I completely agree. I think just I love it so much. As soon as you start feeling it kick in, you're just like, mm. yeah, it's just yes, chef's mm-hmm. kiss, so good. <laughs> now, what's your favorite skincare product? Favorite skincare? Ooh, that's a loaded gun. I know. <laughs> Um, so I've worked with Zio, Skin Better, SkinCeuticals, um, and I feel like I play with all of them, but yeah. I somehow go back to Zio. Mm-hmm. I do. What's your favorite product out of their line for like for your skin? <sighs> for my skin, I really love the Growth Factor Serum. Oh, I think I'm just so addicted good. to the smell of it. <gasps> it smells so good. I love uh, it. Growth Factor Serum from Zio is mm-hmm. like my special little secret it's all that's not a secret yeah. i tell you guys this all the time if you're using tretinoin on your skin mm-hmm. and you tend to get a little bit more irritated if you put your tret on first and then put on a nice little layer mm-hmm. of that growth factor serum your irritation redness peeling flaking goes down dramatically i have really sensitive skin and that is my little secret to being able to tolerate tret I so that. I love that stuff. I'm totally oh, going to use so that good. trick. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> and so I already asked you about your um, your role model, and this one was about industry, but we already yeah, we were all touch in base. the same one. I know. So, so good. I know. So Nina, 
We love you. We do. She's awesome. We need to get you on the podcast. (laughs) I know. She's so brilliant. She really is. I learn so much from her every time I'm in the room with her. I know. I'm so sad she's in Florida. Who's going to inject me now? Hmm. You? (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was so much fun. It's so much better to talk to somebody else other than (laughs) just myself. Yeah. And I'm sure you guys are loving actually hearing Mm -hmm. a little fun banter back and forth as opposed to a little bit lecture from me. I know. Um, But... Please take a moment to subscribe and follow on whatever listening platform you're listening or watching on. Hopefully watching now. Uh, That would be on YouTube. (laughs) Give me a thumbs up, rate and review, and be sure to tune in next week. New episodes drop every Monday at midnight. So we're there for you for your morning commute on Monday. You're the best. I'm totally subscribing to Ah, all that stuff. Love it. (laughs) Bye, guys. Just a Pinch podcast was written, recorded, edited, and produced by Kristen Jem.